Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Milestone Mama podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Hollis, wife, boy mom, and former fitness instructor turned photographer, educator, and birth doula. Becoming a mom in 2020 completely changed my life. And even though it was the greatest joy I've ever felt, it definitely came with some challenges that no one could have ever prepared me for. But I found so much healing and community and that's why this podcast was born. Tune in each week as we uncover all of the nuances of being a mom from pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and everything in between. If you're ready to connect, to grow, to learn, to feel inspired, seen, and heard, then you've come to the right place. And I'm so glad you're here, mama. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. Welcome back to the Milestone Mama podcast. This is probably the most special episode we'll ever record because we are telling our birth story. It is Silas's first birthday, the week that this is being released. We're recording it a little bit in advance, um, so we thought this was the perfect time to recap this story Um, and share it from a partner perspective as well because i have my husband jordan here too so hello this is gonna be really fun we have not done anything like this together just the two of us the last podcast that i had we had you on a couple times but it was always in a group setting yeah um so this is really fun and really special and this would be a really good birth story to listen to especially with your partner Um, because we're going to get his aspect on, uh, or his, I guess, perspective on what all went down. So we are just going to recap it all from the very beginning, um, which was finding out we were pregnant and that was a funny story. So we got married in September of 2019. We had been together though for five years, almost five years. A long time. When we got married. And um, we always talked about, like, when we decide to have kids, we kind of want to just let it happen, like, see what what goes down, what God has in store. Um, And so, I guess after we got married, we weren't, like, trying, but there was a couple times where we didn't not not try. I guess, and literally um, one of those two times we got pregnant. And so we got pregnant in November, and we had no clue. And we were in Charlotte, which is where Jordan is from, for one of his best friend's weddings that he was a groomsman in. And I remember earlier that week, like I think that Sunday before, I had... I hadn't really been checking my cycle, but I, I sort of would just kind of track my um, like periods on a cycle app or whatever. And I think I had logged my period wrong because I had looked at it and thought that I had I was ovulating on one of those days that we winged it. But it turned out I thought I had a period and it was just um, 
implantation bleeding. So it threw everything off. But all that just to say, I looked at Jordan and I was like, oh my gosh, I was actually potentially ovulating yesterday. And we both just kind of looked at each other and smiled. And I think we both kind of got excited, but didn't want to tell the other person. Is that before or after my dream? That was before, before. your dream. Okay. Yeah. That was the Sunday before. Um, I think we're both too scared to say like, oh, that really excites me because we had just gotten married. We hadn't even really talked about trying yet. And we're just like, ha ha. What if, you know, that's a very slim chance though. And um, so anyway, fast forward to when we went to Charlotte, I remember we were at the rehearsal dinner and I felt awful. Like I was just so bloated and like cramping and super tired and I didn't know why. Um, And I didn't really sleep that night. And all that whole week I was kind of like, I felt like I was pregnant and I just felt like I was being crazy. I was like, okay, we talk about this one time and here I am hoping that I'm pregnant. Like what the heck happened? Like we, this wasn't even on our radar. Why am I like excited about this? What is going on? I'm, I'm being like so ridiculous. And so that whole night after the rehearsal dinner, I was like just in my head about it. I didn't sleep. I was feeling real funky. Mind you, we haven't talked about it at all since no. that first just well, like the one comment that i made when i yeah when you did call me yeah well we'll get to that i didn't expect it I, it yeah. wasn't on my mind at that point but yeah so the following morning um we were just hanging out with jordan's parents and getting ready for the wedding and jordan was gonna have to go um get ready with the groomsmen that afternoon and i was like all right i'm gonna hop in, a sh- hop in the shower and then i'm just gonna go get my nails done <laughs> and like try to kill some time And I got into the shower and just the water pressure from the shower on my boobs hurt so freaking bad. And I've never had, I've never been like the type to have a lot of period symptoms, like the sore boobs or anything like that. So this was very weird. And I remember getting out of the shower and I was like, babe, something is up. My (laughs) boobs hurt. And you were like, what does that mean? And I was like, that's a pregnancy sign. And I said, oh, I had a dream last night. Yeah. And you handed me a pregnancy stick and you were pregnant. Yep. <laughs> so that Friday night, he had that dream. The next morning, I woke up with with symptoms. So maybe it was my dream that got you pregnant or not. <laughs> yeah. And so, again, we're like, okay, we're, we're probably just, it's just in our heads now and you know, we started the conversation. So that's probably all this is. I dropped Jordan off at the country club to go hang out with the guys. And I go to the grocery store to grab a drink before I went in to go get my nails done. And something told me, just grab a pregnancy test. You know, I was like, I don't know if I should drink at this wedding tonight. Let me just make sure probably just in my head about this, but let's just see what this says. So I ran in, I grabbed a kombucha and a pregnancy test, and I went straight to the hair seer bathroom because we were staying with his parents and I didn't want to like go back there and make a scene or like have them see a pregnancy test in the trash when, you know, what if I wasn't pregnant? Anyway, so I really didn't think it was going to say positive, so I just took it in the hair seer bathroom and instantly there was two like not even a, like is that a line? It was just a straight up positive. Did line. you even retest it while you were there? 
or do, do no, another one? No, I didn't do a second one while I was there. But like this was so positive that it was not even not even a question. And so I'm freaking out. Like I started crying a little bit. I was happy. I was excited, and I knew I had to tell Jordan right away because I couldn't tell anyone else until I've told my husband. And it's like this crazy information that you just are like, you do not know what to do with it. And so I tried calling him because I literally had just dropped him off. I'm like, all right, maybe I can just run back to the country club and tell him to come outside, tell him he forgot something or whatever. Because I always pictured myself telling you in person. I've always been like, babe, I got everything. I didn't, I didn't forget anything. I know. I'm not coming up. <laughs> and he didn't have service because they were in some like basement of the country club. Yeah. And so I called you like literally 20 times. I just was calling and calling and calling and he didn't pick up. I tried driving back to the country club to see if I could get service there and no luck. And so I'm just panicking. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. I can't hold in this information. What am I going to do all these hours until the wedding? So finally I was like, all right, I guess I just have to go get my nails done. And hopefully he calls me back and hopefully I can just tell him when I see him at the wedding. And I'm in the middle of getting my nails done when he called me back. I think I left you voicemail. Uh, yeah, you left the voicemail, but I didn't see my phone until they were like summoning us outside to go take pictures. And all of a sudden I got reception again. I see all the missed calls. Mm-hmm. So like they're already lined up taking pictures. And I was like, she, she called me like 20 times. I got to see what's up. Yeah. And I called her back and I was like kind of far away from the group, like on a balcony. And then, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> uh, I remember asked, I was like, so when are you coming or when are you headed to the church? Cause I wanted to just try to come back and see you to tell you. And you're like, uh, in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well never mind. And you're like, what's the matter? Uh, like, why did you call me you so pregnant? many times? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he just knew he was like, are you pregnant? Yeah. And it was the first thing I wasn't thinking about it all before that. But as soon as I saw like 20 calls i was just like (laughs) sore boobs my dream everything yeah so (laughs) we had this little secret to ourselves for this whole wedding that his parents were at like all his best friends were at like our friends parents were at and the two of us were just like holy crap the whole night it was like a a blackout from like holy crap instead of like drinking like no matter what i drink i couldn't yeah you you didn't feel anything because you're just all you could think about was (laughs) It was, yeah, we were in such a haze and I had him go to the bar for me to just grab me like seltzer water with (laughs) lime to make it look like I was drinking because we didn't, we didn't want anybody to find out. So we're like, this is somebody else's wedding. We don't need any, like anything to ruin the moment. Um, And also we had just found out. So like we weren't really ready to tell everybody yet. Um, So that was kind of a crazy night. And right when we got home, we ended up telling Jordan's parents yeah because we couldn't hold it in that was one of the funnest parts yeah telling telling our family yeah yeah and so the next day we drove all the way to Raleigh just to tell my parents and then we waited another couple weeks to tell our brothers because it was going to be Christmas and we thought it would be a really fun you know surprise to see them in person and and tell them in person we didn't really want to tell them via FaceTime or the phone (laughs) so that was such a fun a fun time. We found out it was December 7th and then told the rest of the family on Christmas yeah. or Christmas trips. Um, so fast forward to 
our anatomy scan, I guess, because we had all these plans of just going to the scan together and finding out the gender at the doctor. Um, and the very week that COVID hit and everything shut down was the week that our scan was scheduled. And I was devastated when I called and they were like, yeah, you, you can't bring your husband. Um, just, you know, cause you don't expect the first time you're going through all this to not be able be to do it together. Yeah. Um, we had only had like one ultrasound, which was the one to verify the pregnancy. So that's eight weeks. It's like, you know, it's just yeah. a little, a little peanut with a heartbeat at that point. <laughs> um, so instead we just asked them to hide it from me during the scan. I closed my eyes. She put it in an envelope and we found out together yeah. at home. And it was a boy. And it was a boy, which was kind of surprising because everyone thought we were having a girl. Yeah. Um, but obviously now we can't well, even imagine. 2020 was the year of the boy. It like. was. So. All our friends had boys too. <laughs> um, so getting into the birth itself, um, obviously the rest of the pregnancy went well. I really had a pretty like fairly easy pregnancy, I would say. You want to yeah, you want to talk about leading up to how I was doing? I'm sure. just kidding. No. No. <laughs> I well, I thought I'd just say like I I'm always like an I guess for this like I was pretty nervous mm -hmm. thinking about the the I guess more the birth than anything like having a kid like I was ready for that, but I was worried about like how you were going to do, but well, I mean I know, like, I did pretty good throughout, but it was because, like, everything they told me that you would do, like, oh, she's going to get really bad and start yelling and saying, like, you never did. Mm -hmm. You're very calm, so. Well, thank you. Yeah, obviously, we, I had my meltdowns here and there because of, I wouldn't call like, meltdowns, though. I mean. Well, because of COVID stuff, like, my business, well, you know, I was just kind of really under a lot of stress as a wedding photographer during COVID. Um, so, that was not fun but i don't think that really had a ton to do with my pregnancy um but yeah i was pretty comfortable the only bad thing i had was like really bad heartburn other than that i felt really amazing up until the very end or through the very end i should say um at about so i guess i'll touch on like hiring our doula and and why so we Definitely decided on hiring a doula probably around, I don't know, like 26 or 27 weeks. It's I remember. One of the best decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was right before our glucose test, which was at 28 weeks. So it was, you know, middle of second trimester, towards the end of second trimester, I guess. And I was always someone who I was like, why would I be in pain if I don't have to be? Like, I'm just going to get the epidural. No big deal. Um, and I didn't even really start, start thinking about birth until around that time frame too, because I was just trying to still conceptualize that we were pregnant. Like <laughs> it was still so crazy to me, like to just get a grasp on it that I like birth still felt so far away. You're not really like showing it. You hardly even have a bump. And then once things start to get really real, you start realizing, oh, I gotta, I gotta birth this baby at some point. Um, and so I actually started doing some research. I love, I loved reading about birth and listening to podcasts and, um, you know, watching videos and stuff. I was just so fascinated with the whole process and I ended up 
coming to the decision that for me, I really wanted an unmedicated birth because personally, the risks that were associated with epidurals and the experience that you would have with an epidural just didn't feel like the right fit for us. Um, just to clarify, that's what I was talking about when I said I was nervous. I thought you were going into like the actual oh, part. Yeah. 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 So Jordan fully supported that. And especially when I started telling him like the why behind it, he was fully on board and you would have been no matter what, but you know, you were, you became like educated on the topic too. And then we're very like passionate about it with me. Um, but like he said, he was nervous about being able to get me through that. Like, cause he knew it was going to be really tough yeah. and intense. And so I was like, look, we can hire a doula that way. Like they can help us talk through how to plan and prep for it. And They'll be in the room with us during labor and they'll know how to keep me comfortable and support the two of us together. And then that way you can just be dad and my husband and you don't have to freak out about what to do when the nurse or the doctor isn't in the room. And I can watch the Hurricanes game in the back. Yeah. So um, hiring Megan and Taryn was literally the best decision we made. And we had a, we had a couple appointments with them. Leading up to the birth, we chatted through preferences, what to expect, all that, and as well as some postpartum prep. That, that was one of like the waves that hit me, like we're about to have this baby. Like I thought they were just coming over to like talk, and all of a sudden they're like walking you through like a detailed stuff of everything during birth. And I was just like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was in maybe like May or June. Yeah, May. And, um, again, the rest of the pregnancy was pretty uneventful <clears throat> and our, our due date was August 16th. And so for the three weeks prior to the due date, we decided we were going to quarantine, um, because of, you know, our, because of the situation and our OBs were like, we, we suggest you do this so that neither of you end up testing positive before the birth. So we kind of started at 37 weeks. Um, kind of like relapsed a few times and had to restart. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, we didn't like see people. Yeah. We, we did like go to the beach and stuff, but we weren't like around other people. Yeah. Um, around 37 weeks right when we started quarantining though, I all of a sudden got extremely itchy, like all over my body. Um, I think it started on my arms and then it kind of went to my chest and my belly and my legs. Um, and it was just uncontrollable. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. I thought I was having an allergic reaction to like a sunscreen or something that I put on my body. Um, but I remembered listening to another podcast that talked about something called cholestasis, which is a liver condition that can happen in pregnancy due to like hormonal surges. And being itchy is a sign of it. The most common sign is itchiness on your hands and feet, but this was like all over. So I figured, okay, if this doesn't go away through the weekend, I need to call my OB because something might be going on here. Um, so it kind of got a little better, but it was, it was still there by Monday. So I called my OB and they had me come in right away to run a blood panel. And I got in there and they were like, look, this can either be just a fluke skin reaction or it could be cholestasis. 
And I told them that I already knew what that was. And so they said, you know, if it is cholestasis, one of the risks is stillbirth. So we will need to induce you between 38 and 39 weeks if you do get diagnosed. So they have to run these two panels on your bile acid levels and your liver enzymes. And one of those doesn't come back for a whole week. So right away, the liver enzymes came back fine and normal. Um, but we still were waiting on the other one. And that whole week I was kind of like trying to wrap my head around, okay, this is a possibility that we might have to be induced like next week. And here we are thinking we have several weeks left, possibly more than that. I don't think it, that really crossed my mind at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause we didn't really know much. We're like, this could be nothing. We're just yeah. checking it out. But part of me just started to like think about it because I like to be prepared in that way. Yes, you do. So <laughs> I, the following week, went to my 38-week appointment, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, they're going to tell me it came back positive, like, or negative. Everything's good. No news is good news, whatever. However, um, the doctor comes in, and right away, she's like, um, we were just talking about you, actually. And right away, and I was like, great. She's about to tell me that I have it. And she's like, you know, your bile acid levels did come back elevated, so we are diagnosing you with cholestasis. Um, we're going to have to induce you sometime this week before you hit 39 weeks. How do you feel about that? And I was just like, uh, okay. Weirdly, I was, I was very calm still, especially because I wasn't with you. Um, yeah. but I, I voiced that my concern was, look, I was really hoping for an unmedicated delivery. And I know that an induction can be really hard on the body and long and more intense contractions with Pitocin and all that. And she was like, I totally understand that. She's like, we can make sure that, you know, we induce you in a way that's a nice, slow progression. We won't rush you. Um, but we do want to get this baby out to not pose any risks. Um, and so, of course, I was okay with that. I didn't want to risk anything to the baby, but it definitely was not in the original plan. <laughs> and so she said, all right, well, if you're cool with it, I'm going to go ahead and call the, doc the doctors at the hospital or the nurses, whatever, and they're going to tell me what they have going on. Mind you, that night, we were supposed to be getting a hurricane hitting the area. And so we oh, yeah. were, Jordan was home storm prepping and we were kind of getting ready for that to happen. Um, so she comes back in the room and she's like, look, they can take you tonight because they rescheduled all of the elective so inductions. Should, everybody canceled their inductions probably. Well, the hospital <laughs> did. Yeah, The hospital exactly. said, you know, we're not doing any elective stuff. Like if it's a medical need, then you're first priority, but anything elective is getting pushed. And so all the sections and inductions that were not uh, a medical necessity got pushed at the end of the week, which meant she's like, you'll get waited on. There won't be a lot of people there. You'll be in a safe space for the generator for the hurricane. This is probably like the perfect time to go have this baby. And I felt really good about that. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Also freaking out though. So I get in the car, I call Jordan right away. And how many weeks before we were, his due date? Like two, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Even though it was only two weeks, it was still just kind of like, wow. It's like procrastinating thinking about actually having the baby and all of a sudden, uh, yeah. doing this tonight. Yeah. 
And I, you know, you're told that most first time moms don't have the baby until, you know, after 40 weeks. So we were just kind of thinking, we got all this time. Yeah. Um, so I called Jordan and you were pretty, you were pretty calm. I don't know what you were feeling internally, but you were like, okay. Well. I know you brought up, like, you still haven't packed your bag yet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I thought I'd be more nervous, but maybe because you were calm, I wasn't, so. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'm on my way home, so pack your bag. My bags are obviously already packed pretty much. I had to just finish up a couple things. We had to get our dog taken care of. Um, I called our doula on call. We worked with a, a duo. So I called the one on call, Megan, told her the situation. She was going to have to come with us for the whole thing because of the hurricane and because of COVID. So unfortunately, she <laughs> had to be with us for the entirety of it. It was amazing having her. I just felt bad that, you know, yeah. she had to be away from her family so many hours. Um, and then, you know, we called our parents and let them know the situation and a couple of close friends just to let them know we were going in. But that was really it. I didn't want the world to know um so yeah we got situated and stopped at smoothie king on the way i think we got smoothies. yeah i think it was because we had a new chick-fil-a i know <laughs> i think i was like a little nervous so i knew i needed like some sustenance yeah. but i didn't want to eat like yeah looking food back food. i wish we would have gotten a lot more because that food was delicious there Ugh. No, it was disgusting. Yeah, the hospital it might have food had was something terrible. to do with the uh, the hurricane. Maybe the oh, it was head so chef bad. Was out. <laughs> um, so we got to the hospital with our doula. It took us a while to get checked in. Did my COVID test. I was negative. They did some um, spinning babies like stretches with me, which I thought was really cool to help you know open the pelvis and get baby into better position. Um, and this was before they had even started inducing any sort of labor. Um, I think at around nine-ish, eight or nine, they started me on my first round of Cytotec. So I took that orally. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a medication that causes your uterus to... Well, sometimes it causes contractions, but really it's a cervical ripener to start thinning out your cervix and getting it ready but it can cause contractions for some women. And for me, it did. Not anything crazy, but it was definitely like pretty crampy through the night. I had several rounds of that. Didn't really sleep much because I was just uncomfortable and I had nurses coming in and out every so often. And obviously I'm like nervous too. I maybe slept a total of like two hours. Yeah, your adrenaline's going. Yeah, you, you slept okay. I slept in like the recliner, didn't I? I let Megan yeah. sleep on the yeah. cot. Um, I think you definitely got more sleep than I did, though. And so I guess we continued that side attack until around the mid-morning. Because I'm pretty sure we didn't try the fully bulb until like 10 a.m. maybe. Yeah, it was like kind of late morning, I think. Yeah. So, you know, we had breakfast. We were just chilling. Everything is really low-key at this point. And mid-morning, my doctor came in and she said she was going to try putting in a Foley bulb, which is like a little balloon catheter they insert into your cervix. Actually, she was using a Cook's catheter, which is a little bit different because it goes into your cervix and into your uterus a little bit and tries to like fill the gap there and thin out your cervix even more. 
And man, she tried putting in that thing a lot. Like it felt yeah. like she was up in there for a while and she just <laughs> couldn't get it to stick because apparently my cervix was like sort of pushed over to the left a little bit. It was just like in a strange, strange position and she could not for the life of her get it to stay in. And I was like, Ugh, just get out of there. I'm so ready for this to be done. So she was like, look, I'm not going to keep killing you with this. Uh, your body responded well to the side attack. I think let's just go ahead and start Pitocin. Um, and I was like, yeah, fine, <laughs> whatever. Because at that point, I was so tired of her trying to put that thing in. So we started the Pitocin in a very low dose. And it started some, you know, mild contractions. I'd say just a little bit more than Braxton Hicks. And that progressively got a little higher throughout the day. Um, and until my water got broken, it was very manageable. Like, I remember, you know, you and Megan giving me some counter pressure and all that, but nothing crazy late, until yeah, later. It seemed like you were, too, I mean, seemed uncomfortable, but like, maybe you're just managing like the pain really well, but you just, yeah, you seemed more just like uncomfortable than in a bunch of pain. So. Yeah. Um, I will say though, there was one like really scary moment, um, in between then and, and when it got intense later was when I had like gotten up to go to the bathroom or something. I think the, the monitor slipped off cause I had to be monitored the uh, whole yeah. time. So and yeah. And like I, every nurse in the building. Oh my gosh. In. I came back in from the bathroom and like every nurse and like all these doctor, I think just maybe an OB or two, but lots of nurses were in the room. Um, and they're like, you got to get on the bed. You got to lay down on your left side. And then they're flipping me like back and forth, trying to find Silas's heart rate again. Um, and so I'm like freaking out. Like, I don't I think know. I'm freaking about more now that, cause I didn't really know what's going on, but yeah, I don't know. It was, um, I think in the moment I was just like, okay, like they're doing what they need to. Nothing's, they're not telling me anything's wrong just yet. They just, they're like, maybe it was just where the monitor was sitting or maybe, like the cord just got in a weird position and they couldn't find his heart rate, but nonetheless, they were concerned. And it was like a moment of just intense, um, emotion and that felt really scary. And so they erred on the side of caution, which I really appreciated. And they said, all right, we're going to take you just off the Pitocin completely and just let your uterus and baby have a break, make sure that he's good to go. And then we'll start back up in a little while. And so we did that. I don't remember how long we took a break for, but it was a good little while, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, like, don't even remember a whole lot after that um, until my water got broken. It was a long day. Yeah. So when, when did my water get broken? I feel like it was around, like, 5 in the evening, maybe-ish. Probably. Something like that. It yeah, I think so. It was late after late afternoon, dark out. I think I ran home to grab some food or something. Well, Check it wasn't. It wasn't dark, or we wouldn't have known it was dark because we sure. didn't have windows in, in our room. Dungeon. Yeah, which was probably a good thing during the hurricane because I would have been stressed yeah. seeing the outside. We had no clue the hurricane even happened. Um, so yeah, I guess around five, give or take. Uh, we decided to break my water and that didn't hurt at all. It was like a weird... And it didn't happen like the movies. 
Well, not on its own, but it was a pretty big gush. I remember her being like, whoa, (laughs) it was a big gush. And it just kind of felt like, you know, when you come out of a a, like cold pool and you you pee, (laughs) like it's like the comparison of hot. outside of a cold pool? Well, you know what I'm saying. Like if you're, (laughs) you know, or if you pee in a cold pool, same thing that temperature difference where you're like, it's like hot liquid coming out of you, which feels kind of weird. But I have talked about this before. I kind of liked it because it felt like almost like soothing. Like it was a release every time I felt a little bit more drip out because after your water breaks, it's not just all gone. Like it continues to come out little by little with each contraction. And it would just, it just kind of helped me visualize like, okay, baby's a little closer. Baby's coming. And I don't know. I just, weirdly found it kind of soothing um and at one point so pretty much right away my contractions got a lot um stronger after my water broke because then all that pressure is really pushing down on your cervix and I I don't remember how much time had passed but pretty quickly I was like starting to moan through them like vocalize through them didn't I give you some something else before that or was that just after they broke your water? Yeah. Yeah. No. It was it was quick. It was like you went from being very like calm to all of a sudden it's getting Yeah. Sorry. I had a feeling Wrigley was gonna bark during this. Yeah. Um Yeah, I remember the transition being really quick to like active labor, um, once my water broke. And I remember Megan having me try lots of different positions um we did like i was sitting on the yoga ball and leaning over the bed with counter pressure on my back we did some lunging on the floor where i was like i had one leg in front and one leg like lunging back kneeling and then like my arms on a yoga ball and that did not feel good at all like i knew she she really wanted me to do them though to try to get the baby in a good position She's like, let's just do a couple contractions on each side here. But if it's not working, then we'll just move. And I was like, yeah, this this sucks. <clears throat> um, was the one you did the most was like up against the bed, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was like my home base. Um, the most comfortable because anything else hurt a lot more. Um, I had looking back, I definitely had back labor. And I just didn't even realize it. Like it felt like all of it was in my lower back. Yeah, that's where I was putting counter pressure the yeah. entire time i remember trying the whole like laying on my side with the peanut ball in between my legs and that was terrible i was <laughs> like no this no 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 um i couldn't i really couldn't be in the bed at all i had to be up moving um i remember trying like squatting like holding on to a towel on the door yeah. at one point um Try going in the shower a little bit with you kind of spraying my back. Yeah, we did that for all of like two or three minutes. and then Before I got in the yeah, tub. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, like I said, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But we're just kind of trying all sorts of things. But I do remember this one specific moment that I, I don't know why it just stands out so much to me. I was kind of in that home base position on, on the ball, leaning over the bed. And things were starting to get really hard. Um... And our nurse was getting ready to switch out. And it was going to go back to the nurse that we had from the morning, like the night before. And she like got down 
at my level, like on her knees and like put her arm around my shoulder. And she was like, listen, I, you know, my shift is up and I'm going to be leaving and, you know, so-and-so is going to be taking over. But I just want to tell you, like, you have got this, like, you can do this. I know you've been preparing for this. I always get like choked up <laughs> when I talk about this. Um, I know you've been preparing for this and like, you're so strong. And she was just giving me so much encouragement before she left. And that just meant the world to me because she could have just been like, okay, I'm gone. So-and-so is coming. Like, good luck. Don't forget to tip me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just felt so supported by the team that we had because, you know, I don't, it's, maybe I'm making an, an assumption, but I feel like at a hospital birth, they don't really see a lot of unmedicated, like no epidural births. And so I was kind of going in, like almost expecting to have to advocate a little bit more and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but they were just so supportive, like never once tried Question. to push me into yeah. getting the epidural or drugs or anything like that. They just supported me and let me take my time. And I felt like they were awesome. So, um, I guess hours passed, <laughs> which you're in labor land. You just don't even, I didn't, I didn't really don't even remember the rest of this. Like I remember hitting a point where I didn't know who was in the room, whose hands were on my back. If it was you or Megan, uh, like which nurse was in and out, which doctor was in and out. I just remember being like in labor land. Um, I remember having to go number two at one point and like being on the toilet and like trying to do that through intense contractions was really crazy. Um, and I remember I accidentally hit the like emergency button while I was in there because I was like leaning up against the oh, wall yeah. through a contraction and a nurse comes running in. She's like, yeah. what's the matter? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just on the toilet and I'm contracting. Um, and eventually it got really really hard um i guess i never really talked about getting checked much i didn't get checked a whole lot but um throughout i was like in the morning after the side attack i was like maybe two centimeters if that um before i got my water broke i was like two or three yeah um You're but i was sure what felt like forever yeah I was starting to efface though, like my effacement was getting higher and the baby station was getting lower, but I wasn't really dilating. Um, and so when things started to really get hard, I had Jordan come into the shower with me and you were spraying my back, but I was starting to get a little restless. Like, all right, this, nothing's really working anymore. And I was yeah. like, okay, I think I'm about, I'm either in transition or I'm about to be like, this is when this is, you know gonna get really real yeah um and so i asked if i could go ahead and get in the tub and the nurse was like yeah I, you definitely can i'll i can fill it for you but first i have to check you because if you're anywhere close to having this baby like we don't want you to have it in the water so i have to check you first and so i was like okay fine you know whatever so we wait till i don't have a contraction and she lays me on the bed and she checks me and she says okay well you are three centimeters dilated and you're 80 percent of face and baby is at a i think he was at like a plus one or something like that i don't, I don't remember <laughs> his station was pretty low like on the verge of pushing and all i heard was three centimeters and i yeah. lost it i was like there's no way i can do this if i've just labored this long this hard 
and I've only gotten to three. Like that was the biggest like smack in my face and mental block ever. Like, and that's when I started to lose it a little bit. And I remember like you looking at me and being like, you've got this. And I cried. I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. I just started to kind of spiral a little. And our doula, Megan, just like kind of gave me some tough love. She got like right up in my face and she was like, listen, this is just a number. Like the rest of your body is progressing really well. You're faced, baby's getting low. It's just a number. Like the rest of your body just has to catch up with the labor, but like you're doing this. And the nurse was like, look, your contractions started to kind of space out a lot. Oh, I guess I forgot to say, they took me off Pitocin. After my water broke, my body kicked into um, yeah. not labor naturally. Can increase it to like 10 or whatever? Because I, I thought that was when like it started to get like um, shortly after that. I think it got like well, really after, bad. I don't remember. That was probably when I was in the tub. Yeah. Um, it never really, I think it was around like eight most of the day or whatever. And my body kind of naturally kicked into gear when... Um, my water broke and so the nurse took me off i just continued to labor and then i just started kind of stalling out a little bit um and contractions started to space out more at that point and uh the nurse was like i think if we just put you back on a little bit of pitocin it'll get your contractions stacking back up again and it's gonna dilate you and you'll be ready to go but it's just gonna you know we just need your your cervix to dilate so as much as that sounded like, oh, no freaking way, I was just like, okay, that's what we have to do. And uh, I was like, I still want to get in the tub though. So they let me do that. She just wrapped my hand in like a plastic bag so that my uh, IV was covered in the water. They put me back on the Pitocin and I got in the tub and it felt so good to be in the water. Um, but again, having back labor, I just remember like, I couldn't, I couldn't find like yeah. my bearings. Seemed like, like you'd have like five seconds of relief and then just go back to. Yeah. This, my contractions pretty quickly, as soon as they put me back on the Pitocin, they started stacking up like crazy. I was um, throwing up a lot. Uh, you were just giving me puke bag puke after bags. puke bag. Yep. <laughs> uh, poor thing. And. Um, yeah, for me. Yeah. And they stopped letting me drink water, which sucked because I was so thirsty um but they're like you're gonna keep throwing up so like and you're gonna get dehydrated so you you have to just have ice chips at this point so um Wrigley's drinking water in the background um this was the hardest part definitely um I was moaning really loudly um I was kind of like like swaying around in the tub. I remember like throwing my head back and getting it wet in the water. And like, as I was contracting, I was kind of like peeling out over the tub because I was just like- Out of body experience. Yeah, I was just like searching for some relief. Um, I was kind of falling in and out of consciousness and like, and I wasn't passing out. The best way I can describe it is when you're about to fall asleep and you kind of start dreaming, but you're not fully asleep yet. That's how I felt. Like my body would just kind of or my mind would just kind of leave for a little bit and then I would come back. Um, weirdly though, I do remember like several of the songs that were playing on my birth <laughs> playlist at that point, but I, I really don't remember much else except it being really intense. intense. Yeah. 
what was it like for you at that point? Because that was when I was like starting to lose control. Like I couldn't even exhale. Yeah. Um, that was when I was just like, all right, I'm just going to stand here, hold your puke bags and do whatever you say or mm-hmm. Megan says that I can do to kind of mm-hmm. help you out. Yeah. I was also just praying that the next time you got checked, it wasn't going to be, be ready again. Yeah. 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 And um, I remember Megan coaching me through some breathing because I, I literally like felt like I could not breathe out I was either like breathing in or like moaning and just I couldn't I I felt like I was starting to lose my grip on everything um my body was just so overcome and she would say okay look at me look at me and I I could hardly even keep my eyes open she's like look at me we're gonna breathe in ready and she'd breathe in with me and then she'd say breathe out and we do horse lips because it was the only way I could breathe out and it was Hardly even a breath out, but it worked. Um, And I guess maybe like 45 minutes of that, I was like, I think I have to push. I started feeling intense pressure. I think one of the nurses were in there and like, I mean, we can check, but I don't, I don't know. It's only been 45 minutes. Because I was kind of calmed up. I calmed down, I think, a little bit. Uh, You had like your one period where you said like... You didn't say, I can't do this, but you were like, oh, I don't know if I can do this any longer. In the tub? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then that's when I think we got the nurses like that were in there like, do you want us to check you or, you know, we can try. What I, I remember I had a moment of like clarity because the rest of the time, like I wasn't even speaking. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't even have the capacity to talk Yeah. Uh, between contractions. But eventually I started to feel a lot of rectal pressure and the nurse was like if you start to feel that you have to let us know because we don't want you to have a baby so i'm like uh i feel a lot of pressure she's like is it going away with the contractions or is it just constant and i'm like no it's like it's there she's like well i'll quote you said i feel like i gotta poop yeah i probably (laughs) said that and um she was like well I don't know, like, if you want to get out and have me check you, I can, but you're not really acting like someone who needs to push yet. And in my head, I was like, all right, I really don't want to get out right now just to have her tell me I'm still at, like, three or four centimeters um, and then have to start that mental game all over. I also just didn't want to get out because it was comfortable in there. Um, And then I was, like, butt naked. And, uh... So I was like, okay, I'll just stay in here a little bit longer then. And maybe like a couple contractions later, I was like, I have to push. Like yeah. I just started pushing and like my body was doing it for me. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I couldn't control it. I started, my moans went from like, oh, to, Ugh! yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get you out. Let's get you out. And it was like chaos for a second. Um, Jordan and Megan helped me get out of the tub. They're like drying me off, putting a gown on me because I, I really didn't want to be naked for pushing. Um, and I was just like bearing down on the side of the bed, starting to push. And the nurse was like, don't push yet. Yeah. I was like, I can't help it. I, I, I am. And so she gets me onto the bed and checks me. And she's like, Holy crap. His head. Uh, his head is right there. Your <laughs> cervix is completely gone. You're ready to push this baby out. And I was yep. like, damn right. I'm pushing this baby <laughs> out right now because I was 
if she would have told me anything else, I would have been like, I'm done. Let's go home. I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. Um, so she's like, all right, let me call your doctor and you know, let's, we'll do a couple of practice pushes. And, um, I was someone who always imagined pushing in like different positions, but my body was exhausted. Like my legs were trembling. And so I remember our nurse looking at me and she's like, okay, you're going to take your knees. You're going to hold them back like this. And you're going to, you know, put your chin to your chest, hold your breath and you're going to push. And I was like, hold my legs. Like what? I, I can't, I could not do it myself. <laughs> I had no muscle tone or like strength left whatsoever. Uh, I needed every bit of your help. Um, which is why the end got so hard for me because the only thing that was comfortable was like hands and knees or sitting on the bed, but my legs were so tired and so weak that I just wanted to lay down, but laying down was just so uncomfortable. uncomfortable. But for pushing, it was okay. I was still kind of on an incline a little bit um, with that. And so I had Jordan on my left side holding that leg, Megan on the other side helping me hold that leg. And... Uh, a contraction would come and they at first I was kind of like moaning through the contractions like grunting through them I thought you were gonna get like really loud but it was you were oddly calm for that yeah too. I was pretty calm for that somehow um the first one I was like just pushing through it and the nurse was like look if you use that energy you're using up here to like grimace and and vocalize and use it to push down into your bottom like you'll be a lot more effective and it just kind of clicked for me I was like oh okay um and so throughout pushing you know we I tuck my knees up tuck my chin to my chest and they'd count to 10 and we'd do three sets of that 10 count push per each contraction and um next thing I knew they're like oh reach down you could feel his head and I remember reaching (laughs) down and I could feel his head and I was like holy crap I remember having this moment at that point like wow, this is happening. Like, I'm pushing out a baby right now, our baby. This is crazy. And um, then maybe, like, one more push after that, she's like, okay, look down. You can see his head. Like, I yeah. didn't even need a mirror or anything. And it was just, could, like, right I there. I walked around to take a look. And I was yeah. like, holy crap. Yeah. He was right there. And uh, they're like, okay, you know, he's crowning. His head's coming out. You're going to feel that, like, ring of fire and... I don't really remember that. Like, I know it stung a little bit, but it didn't feel crazy to me. Like, pushing was my favorite part because I felt like I could work against the contractions. It it felt like a relief, honestly. You know, it's almost over. Yeah, you're at the finish line and, like, your contractions kind of stop hurting, honestly. Or, like, they at least don't hurt as badly. Um, And, yeah, I, I, I felt like I was pretty calm during pushing you definitely were it seemed like it went i didn't know at all how long that would last but i feel like it was it was fast quick. yeah yeah they told us you know you know most first time moms push for like an hour sometimes a little more um but i i remember feeling like it was really fast and um five rounds of pushing and he was out yeah and i just remember like a lot of voices being really encouraging and you but i just remember hearing you mostly because you were like oh my gosh like i can see him like we're gonna meet him i'm gonna cry during this part (laughs) um and 
then you know one more big push and he was out and I don't even remember like feeling him come all the way out but I remember them holding him up and putting him on my chest and us being just like oh my gosh here he is and uh he was so perfect and he cried right away (laughs) and I remember looking at him and I was like he's so cute but he looks exactly like you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't see any of me at all. I just went through all of that and looks yeah. like you. <laughs> yeah, and they let him, you know, stay on my chest while they did the Afghar and he passed everything. And um, yeah, we just were kind of in awe of him staring while they yeah. did everything else. Um, and do you have anything to add to that part? I'm still like speechless. I don't know. It's hard, hard to kind of wrap your head around or like describe how you're feeling because you don't know what to expect at all. And then all of a sudden, this baby's here. But no, it was. It's it was such a surreal moment, and I wish I like had more like documentation of it. I guess because it just felt like such a blur. Like I still remember a lot of it vividly, but a lot of parts are also very fuzzy because you're just so overcome and you're exhausted and you're just like in another world honestly yeah i mean it's such a long or this feels like it's such a long time because i mean you're in the hospital you're not moving you're in the same room the entire time so yeah it was a long way it kind of becomes a blur except for those you know intense parts that yeah he ended up being born at 12 49 a.m so i labored from start to finish my induction was about 30 hours um but, like, the toughest part of my labor was maybe, like, 12-ish hours. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, I remember towards the end, parents, like, asked for an update because, you know, we you know kind of gave them updates. And then we were just, like, radio silent because, you know, you still weren't mm-hmm. um, that dilated. far dilated. Yeah. So, I texted them, like, they just texted me when you found out you were, like, three centimeters again before you mm-hmm. got in the tub. And then it was, like, 45 minutes later when I was, like, stay tuned, like... Yeah, he's coming. He's coming. Yeah, so that just goes to show you that you can go through transition very quickly. A lot of times that when you reach that stage of feeling like, I can't do this anymore, you're really at the finish line in most scenarios. Um, because I went from a 3 to a 10 in 45 minutes, pretty much. Um, and yeah, he was so perfect. And he was 7 pounds, 5.5 ounces. 19 and a half inches long so yeah he was at 30 week 38 weeks so he could have been a bigger baby if we went you know to 40 41 weeks but he was perfect such a perfect size um i remember the doctor saying okay we're gonna deliver your placenta now meanwhile he's the baby's still on me i didn't feel a thing I don't remember feeling any of that. I don't even remember them telling me that. Or like, I was just... Yeah, she was just like giving you a push or something. And, and it, it just, you know, it came out. Uh, I didn't even see it. I kind of wish I got to look at it. Um, I don't. But <laughs> yeah, I just think it's cool. Um, and yeah, we had our little golden hour. And then they finally like took him over to weigh him and do all that stuff. Um, and then eventually a nurse came in, had me latch him and he latched like perfectly. Um, and they let us have the room for a little bit and then they finally gave him to you so that I could get up and they wanted me to pee before they brought me out of, uh, the delivery room. Yeah. I remember (laughs) like getting up 
to go pee, but I had her actually ready accidentally peed the bed because <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. I was like, is my water like still coming out? And they're like, no, you're probably peeing, hon. <laughs> and I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. It's you like know. it happened to me too, though. <laughs> yeah. so- <laughs> I was like, is that normal? They're like, yeah, you know, right after birth, you can, you don't really have much control over your um, bladder. So peed the bed and uh, <laughs> got up to use the bathroom. They give you your peri bottle and tell you how to clean yourself down there and, you know, wear your massive, massive pads and your mesh undies and all that. And uh, they let Jordan hold Silas while we did that. And then they put me in the wheelchair to bring me on up to mother baby. And I just remember like, at this point it's maybe like three in the morning and they're like, okay, get some sleep. And I was just like, yeah. no freaking way. Like <laughs> I just had a baby. I haven't even memorized what he looks like yet. Like I need to just stare at him. And like, I was obviously so freaking tired, but all I could do was look at him and just be in awe and maybe i slept an hour or two yeah that night you i remember you were snoring right away like you <laughs> you passed out um but as he started to wake through the night we would yeah kind of get up together remember the feeling of when like they give them to you in the the room and then they leave and it's just you guys and your baby it's like oh now what, what? Yeah. yeah which is why like, next time it'd be really nice to have a baby during the day so that it doesn't feel so crazy to just yeah. like have a baby okay go to sleep yeah no 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 it's not gonna happen babies don't really know what sleep is yet or what right. night is they don't know what sleep is they don't know what night is right <laughs> um he slept pretty good that first night but it was the second night that he didn't so anyway that is our crazy long first story it was honestly though even though i really didn't want to be induced and it was the hardest thing i ever did it was so cool and like so beautiful i'm gonna cry again (laughs) and just like the coolest thing experience with your significant other and um just like that it was just it i was so glad to still have the experience that i had longed for even though everything else didn't really go to plan like feeling your body just naturally like physiologically go through I guess not supernaturally because I you know had to get Pitocin and all that but the things that it does to birth a baby is insane um and yeah I really wouldn't have it any other way hopefully next time is not uh that crazy but (laughs) if I had to do it again I would yeah it was it was a great experience you handled it very well thank you I was probably freaking out more about it before (laughs) than you were in yeah well i did get a couple of questions that um i think we should answer we got on instagram regarding the birth so two questions for you Mm. um what made jordan feel included the most during birth anything in particular she's kind of let me do my own thing in the no um (laughs) i don't know it was nice to have megan there the doula because I think that's one thing that, like, I was freaking out about, like, not knowing how to comfort you. Yeah. Like, her, like, just being there, like, coach me through it instead of me having to, like, remember, mm-hmm. like, what I was supposed to do in this moment. Like, help me feel like I could be more helpful even though I didn't, you know, know everything to do. Um, so, I don't know. That, I guess that was one thing that kind of helped me feel like I was contributing like the, more. Like, the helpful. hands-on stuff? Yeah, the hands-on stuff. How to get you comfortable and stuff like that. I mean, 
And then you obviously cut the cord and all that. Yeah. Cut the cord. I got to see his head coming out. Yeah. And you did well I got to hold a leg. Yeah. (laughs) Now, honestly, like, you just being there for me and, like, you were coaching me so well through pushing. Like, that encouragement was everything that I needed. Like I said, there was a lot of voices and they were all so encouraging, but, like, I just heard yours the most. And, yeah, just, like, you being present was great. And the fact that you were calm helped a ton um i was calm because you were calm yeah well for the most part i was calm (laughs) till the end there i remember apologizing after i was like i was probably so loud and scared no you weren't (laughs) (laughs) i thought i was really loud at one point i don't know the doctors and megan or i think it was the doctors were coming over me and saying like all right she's gonna get a point where she starts yelling and cussing at you and saying stuff she doesn't mean you just gotta help her through it so i'm like waiting for that to come and it never did did. (laughs) yeah well i i do remember just vocalizing a lot but not i didn't have it in me to even say any words and nor did i like think anything negatively towards you that i would even need to say quite honestly um yeah anyway okay the other question kind of is along the same lines and it says um how was it as a spouse working alongside a doula supporting your wife like, did that make you, I think some people's apprehend, or some people are apprehensive about having a doula because they feel like it will take away from their role as a partner. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, maybe because I don't look at it like that and because I was kind of nervous about exactly the stuff they kind of help with mm-hmm. that, um, I didn't really feel like that happened. And it was like, you know, there's times where, you know, she would ask me if I wanted to help or something or you know, time she was showing me what to do so I could help the next time. So it wasn't like she was just taking over. It was like she was kind of helping you and coaching me through it at the same time. So Yeah. And I think doulas are also really good at reading, like, okay, this is a good time for me to take a step back and let them be, yeah. you know, mom and dad. And then when she needs to come in, if, like, you know, I was – something I was in was not working, she would come in, or if, like, you needed a break to go to the bathroom, or, you know, something like that. Um, And, like, I don't know what every little process that's going on in your body and everything there, like, all the steps, like, she could kind of coach me through, like, tell me ahead of time, or, you know, when she saw stuff, like, what's actually going on, so. Yeah, yeah. Having that added support, I really think you just can't go wrong, even if all they do is, like, talk you through it you know and you're in there for i don't know what are we 30 hours or whatever so i mean if you don't like your doula then maybe that's tough but i mean mm-hmm. it's also just nice to kind of have someone yeah. there because when the doctors leave and there's no one in there even if it's you know they're only a buzz away if something does happen you know it's, it's always nice to have someone else in there that you at least trust and know can help or, yeah kind of knows know. what's going on or yeah. like how to how to just monitor the situation and um yeah, I really think that was that was clutch. We will definitely be doing that again. Agreed. Even though he has better experience now, it was just so nice for the both of us. So highly recommend and I'll link um Megan and Taryn to here. They're their daybreak duelists here in Wilmington, so they're amazing. Alright, well that is gonna wrap up our birth story episode. Happy birthday. Sai sai. Do this again in another couple of years. I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.